Good morning, entrepreneurs and and startup owners and small business owners. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Or you may have heard, if it ain't broke, break it. Uh, good enough is never good enough. Or what's your minimum viable product? So if you read a few business books or articles, uh, you're going to start probably scratching your head trying to figure out how to reconcile one piece of business wisdom with another. Uh, and then, you know, so there's, there's books, there's articles, then there's our colleagues and our well-intentioned friends. And as a, as a business owner, if you're trying to figure out how all of that fits together and, and you try to reconcile all that conflicting information, um, it can be a little mind numbing. The learning path for a small business owner and entrepreneur can feel as treacherous as the financial path. And so what I wanted to do today is, is kind of work through some of that and, uh, explore where we turn to sort out what advice is really good for us as entrepreneurs. So it's time to roll up our sleeves and get to work. Hi, I'm Stephen Krause, and this is Up and to the Right, the no-nonsense podcast where we blend your passion. I keep saying podcast, but really it's the no-nonsense live stream where we blend your passion with proven business principles and practical action. This isn't about buzzwords or short-term trends. This is about taking proven business principles and applying them in unique and creative ways create practical and actionable solutions for your business and help you get the results that you want for your customers. We're going to uh, talk about how do we, how do we reconcile these different opposing viewpoints that we're going to find as we try to further our business. The principle involved here is always learning. Um, we do want to always learn because you can't remain stagnant in business and continue to operate forever. The business environment changes. So the first thing I want to talk about is that the, the conflict that we see, I think, you know, it, it's reflected in the words that we read or the advice that we hear, but the real conflict is in experience. And so you may read some business books with countering arguments. And, and th there are so many examples that you're going to find as you start to, to explore this stuff. The two I mentioned in the intro. And then you've got, you know, some people will advocate never touching debt. Some people are going to advocate leveraging every penny that you can so that you can create something larger. Um, and so what do we, sometimes it feels like, all of these people were just lucky and nobody really knows what they're doing. Uh, but there, and, and so confusion about what to do when you start to get into that environment, you can, it can lead you to paralysis and inaction. And then eventually of course, failure. Um, the truth is that all of that business advice was probably right under the circumstances that those people encountered when they were doing whatever it is they wrote the book about or wrote the article about or sharing with you. Um, so those, those circumstances allowed them to be successful using whatever techniques they were, they, that they're sharing. I wanted to dig in today a little bit about how do we extract that value 
for our own businesses from the experience of others, even in the light of potentially having that business advice um, be completely um, opposite. And so uh, the, the first thing I wanted to talk about is the environment of success. And so I think it's really important that we all understand that every person's environment is different and every success story is built in a different place. So even if, if, even if there's this great book and there are tons of great books with lots of good information in them, they were written by someone who had a singular experience. It may be even a collection of their wins. Maybe it's written by somebody who's done a number of successful things. It's still a finite number. And when somebody finds a recipe that works, they look for the same ingredients to make the next thing that works. And so familiarity builds success for them. Well, if you're, if you're not a, a serial entrepreneur or you don't want to keep doing the same thing in a different way for all, and, and you just want to make one thing work, that doesn't always apply, but it doesn't always not apply either. And how do we sort that out? So the first thing is to get perspective about the people and the environment in which they were working. Um, people are, we read books about extraordinary people. If they weren't extraordinary, we wouldn't read about them. They wouldn't be interesting to us. So it's, are they extraordinary because of their gifts or their vision or, or the results that they achieved? Um, and, and our challenge is to learn what we can without comparing ourselves or our results. Because the, the idea that each of us is going to read a book and become an extraordinary story at, at a publishable level, um, I think sets a standard that most of us are, are, are not going to achieve. And I'm not saying that to say that, that we shouldn't shoot for the stars. Um, there's, it, it's just more, it's important to learn those lessons and move our business forward in whatever way that is going to happen, uh, you know, positively than it is to say, okay, if I read this book and I do these things, I'm going to be this person. You're not going to end up being that person, but you can still use their knowledge to create success for you and your business. So, you know, the, the, the first thing, like I said, is, is this environment of success. The first thing is understanding perspective that their the perspective of this successful person is, 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 or the perspective around that is they're telling a single story for a single set of circumstances. And we can draw from that, but it is not everything that there is. The next thing we have to understand is the, you know, the personal knowledge and skills that either that person had or that we have to bring to the party. Um, then there's market timing. And then there's luck. And th there are people out there who are going to be less 
qualified than you might be, and they're going to achieve results that you didn't get or aren't getting. Um, if you don't like the simplicity of the word luck or you don't like the word luck, I, I think of it more as a fortuitous collision of circumstances and events. Um, you know, you don't always get all of those. You know, if that same person were, hadn't lived in Silicon Valley, which is of course, you know, a hotbed for technology, if they had lived in, uh, in a, a Taos, New Mexico, would their results have been the same? And, and we can't speak to that. We don't know that. So the, the circumstances, the luck of them being in the right place at the right time does factor into their success. And so the, that's, and that's great, but the rest of us still, still need to just keep working to achieve a valuable impact and serve others and, and understand that we may not get that, that reward that they got. We might not be a billionaire someday, but we will have had our impact and been able to move our business forward. So I think the, the, it's really important to factor in the, the, this concept of, and I'm, I'm not trying to advocate lowering expectations, but creating realistic expectations around what we can, uh, uh, achieve can still be great and still help a lot of people, but we don't want to compare ourselves to each extraordinary story that we, that we read, um, because it will set us, I think it sets us up for failure. Uh, the next thing is access to resources. We don't all have access to the same resources that any of those people had, whether it's money or people's skills and knowledge or equipment or raw materials or or even a test market. Um, you have to have people that will, will give you feedback about a product idea. So there's, there's this access to resources that you have to factor into it. And then finally, the, the environment of this extraordinary success is varied and fickle. And so again, I'm not saying don't reach for the stars for myself. It's about using their expert experience and expertise to help me serve others and, and serve the, the, my customers and the people around me. Um, and kind of the stars are going to have to take care of themselves. You know, the, the focus needs to be on creating value and then, uh, and delivering that value doesn't do any good if you create it, but you don't deliver it. But, um, and then, sort of releasing the expectation of a specific result. Um, so the, um, the second thing I wanted to talk about is always be learning. Um, because the, there is, um, the, in spite of the fact that, that each business owner's results are going to vary, um, it is really important to study not only uh, the craft that you particularly are gifted with, you know, whether if you're a piano teacher and, and practicing the piano is obviously very important, but understanding and practicing the craft of business ownership is also important. Um, and learning it, about the craft of business is, is important. Um, you know, I have no illusions about being a specific thought leader in any industry, that's not the important point of 
learning from these people. Um, the, the point is uh, to focus on what they did and how I can adapt that to help my own business, you know, and how it worked for them, um, what they did and how it worked, understanding almost the mechanics of that versus looking at the results is the important thing. You look at the mechanics of what they did and how it impacted their business and then try to relate that to what you can do and how it might relate to your business. So, uh, when, uh, so always be learning. The next thing is trusting your gut. And so you might be thinking to yourself, if I trusted my gut, I wouldn't be reading a book. Um, yeah, okay. Uh, you know, I, I can understand that argument. And, um, so when we get to the point where we're saying we're going to learn, you're kind of intuitively maybe discounting your own intuition. Uh, you know, we're constantly, if, if you do uh, a little bit of research into it, we're constantly, business owners especially, are constantly battling the fear of not knowing enough, not having enough, not being enough to make something work. Um, you know, and it's commonly referred to as imposter sy syndrome. And uh, every business leader that uh, that I've read that has the courage to talk about it, um, will say the same thing that there are moments of doubt and, and maybe not even moments, but months or weeks or days. And it isn't something you overcome and never have again. So the, you have, um, this battle with not feeling like you're enough or having enough, uh, from the perspective of being able to make your business work. But we dig into other people's experience for, um, for two reasons for me. Uh, one is to gain that insight, to see what they did and how they did it. And sometimes to be, if we're being completely honest, sometimes I, I look for things that validate what I already believe, um, and, or, or think that I know. And, and so it's, it is important to, um, understand that those dynamics exist, but they exist for everyone. And so you have to learn to trust your gut and temper both the, the information that you take in from other resources with your own sense of, will that work for my particular business? Um, uh, and, and, uh, we don't, we don't have all the answers as, especially as people who are searching, because once you start searching for knowledge, you're acknowledging in essence that you don't have all the answers. Um, but we are the ones willing to take the risk of admitting that we don't have all the answers. And I think that's actually key to succeeding. And so while it, it, it does feel sometimes very unsettling. It does give us the opportunity to, to have enough humility to bring in new ideas. Uh, so the, the business conclusions that, uh, from different sources may conflict. And that's an important distinction. The business conclusions 
from different sources may conflict, but business principles don't. So if you, if you're reading something about business principles, typically they're not things that you're going to find, um, uh, that, that there's a counter argument to what we talk about when we talk about the business information that conflicts it, it usually comes down to tactics, which is, as it turns out, the thing that I'm looking for more than anything else as a business owner, um, the business principles are not particularly complicated, you know, um, you know, for example, the business principle I talked about earlier is always learning. That's not complicated. But the tactics that we use to achieve success around a principle can be more nuanced and sometimes complicated. It, I, I'm not sure complicated is the right word, but they, they're more nuanced and there can be more a wide variety of ways that we can attack those things and still get some level of, of benefit from them. So um, just to kind of summarize this a little bit, um, you know, the, the experience that each person has is going to be unique. Even those people who are writing books and, and sharing their knowledge, which we should all be grateful for. Um, but it's all unique and it is, it is very likely that it's going to conflict with someone else's experience and that's okay. Um, the environment of success varies and that's why the experience of success varies. And so part of what we need to do, uh, as we learn and we learn to trust our gut is we need to understand how to apply that information to our specific business. So when we talk about what practical action can we take away from, from this, uh, to me, it comes down to reflecting and understanding your own, uh, entrepreneurial environment. So understanding your passion, your skills, your vision, the resources that you have available to you, the connections that you have, the circle of trusted colleagues that you work with, that you can, that you can tap for information or for advice or for feedback. Um, and, and the economy, and there's three economies I think business people need to think about. One, there's always the macro economy. You know, what is the global economy doing? That has an impact and it has trends that we can follow, um, that, that don't necessarily affect our business every time, but they have to, we have to be cognizant of what is happening in the world at large, even if we're a small business owner, um, and then there's the microeconomy, which you might think of as your town or, or, uh, uh, city or whatever. Um, even your County, it just depends on, on where you live. Um, and then there's what I call your customer's economy. And this is the economy for your specific group of people that you work with, that you provide value to. So you can have a great economy in, you know, the world could be going gangbusters and, and even the micro economy, your state or city could be doing really well. And your specific industry could still be having challenges around something that, that the rest of the community is not necessarily experiencing. So you need to understand that your, your customer economy, as you look at, and, and understanding all of these things 
is where we find the the ways that we can apply the tactics that we start to see in these in 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 books and articles. Um, so we read and we study and we learn about what other people did to achieve results that we want, right? And that's the point of of the study, right? We don't study necessarily people that who got results we don't want because that I, we don't as small business owners, we typically don't have a whole lot of time. So we have to focus on, okay, this person achieved something that I want sales growth, customer base growth, uh, profitability, increased profitability, whatever it is. Um, you know, they have what I want. So that's why I bought the book in the first place. or that's why I researched this, this topic. Um, and, and so the, um, the next step is understanding what actions they're recommending. Okay. So, and, and really digging it, digging down into specifically what actions this author recommends. And, and you have to trust your gut. You have to say, okay, does this make sense to me? And we oftentimes we, we discount our own gut and like I talked about before, but I think that's, that's a mistake. You feel a certain way for a reason. And it doesn't mean you don't try something that's, that your gut doesn't like, but factor the way you feel into your decision-making because it's not, it's there for a reason. Um, so, you know, does it make sense? Does this thing that, that someone's talking about make sense to you. And, uh, we can't assume that something is always going to work is, you know, this particular technology going to move my business forward, but we don't, you know, you have to, you can't assume it. You need to understand all of those things that I talked about before your own perspective and your own experience. And then you factor that in to what you're learning and does it make sense in that situation? Um, then the next step in getting a little more practical is how do you implement that in a way that's, um, consistent with your vision and your business and all of the, 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 your personal, uh, business environment. And then how will you measure it? So when you look at the, the actions that are, that are recommended, do they make sense to you? Um, how can you implement them in a way that is consistent with your, your business? And then how will you measure them? Uh, for example, I, I have a constant battle with social media. Um, I have a lot of colleagues who discount the value of social media and business to business for small business. And, um, I don't agree with them, but I also don't, really enjoy being a part of social media. It's, it's just not something that I am passionate about doing. Um, so I've gone through and I'm still going through, how do I relate that to my own business? I believe in it. And I have read plenty of books about how to, uh, you know, create, uh, social media following and how to, and what to post and when to post and all of that stuff. Um, and I'm still going through that struggle and that, that 
trial and error period of, of taking some of those tactics and saying, okay, um, is this working? Is this not working? Uh, and, and so I tried curating, you know, curating is where you take relevant information about your marketplace and you retweet it or re, uh, post it and whatever. Um, and, uh, honestly that fell kind of flat. I've, I do it for a couple of weeks and, and then not do it because honestly it takes a lot of time and that, that I don't have and, uh, doesn't, result in, in revenue or increased following. So then I say, okay, I'm just going to do, um, the, the, I'm going to do social media posting for the stuff that I do and let the chips fall where they may. And even that I have been pretty good about that, except this week I completely dropped it and haven't put any posts out that weren't automated. So, uh, you know, from, from my perspective or for me on that particular project, I believe in it, but I haven't figured out how to make it work yet or how to make myself get that work done. And that's part of the process too, is, is figuring out how it fits into your, um, life. The nice thing about social is if you're using a social, social media, uh, tool, um, there are a lot of metrics you can find to measure the success or, or to measure the, um, impact or, or whatever that you're having, how many people you're reaching, et cetera. So I continue to work on that. And, and I think that's the last thing that I want to talk about is being patient with yourself as you go through the process. Um, new habits are at least as hard for organizations to adopt as they are for individuals. Um, because when you're an individual, you have, um, you're the only one you have to control, but when you're a business, you have to make sure that everybody in your business creates a consistent be or adopts consistent behavior. And that is a harder sell sometimes. And it's more difficult to, to, uh, ensure. So being patient, you know, not beating myself up for not doing my calendar of social media this week, um, you know, that that's part of it too. And not being afraid to try new things. They may not work, but we have to do experiments to figure out what does work. And if they don't work, it's just data. If social media doesn't increase sales, it's just data. Uh, that does that mean social media and just to continue with that example, does that mean that social media is not valuable? No, it means that what I've been doing in social media doesn't result in the, uh, or doesn't achieve the results that I was hoping for. So what do we do? We change what we're doing. We see, okay, I was doing this. It's not getting the results I was hoping for. I spent too much time, so I'm not going to do the curation. Okay. And so, um, we explore what effect it did have and learn from it. And so I, I think the, for me, what, what all of this really comes down to is the idea that we do have to constantly be learning as small business owners. We, we really need to, um, we don't have to be up on the, on every new technology ever, but we need to understand and learn about new ways of adding value and sharing that value with customers, um, or we'll get passed by and, and it, 
and it is a challenge, especially when there's so much information out there that actually completely disagrees with other information. And that's what we have to, to sit down and say, does this feel right to me? You know, if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Well, honestly, for most small business owners, we don't have time to, to break things that are working. Um, so the whole idea of if it ain't broke, break it doesn't make a whole lot of sense a lot of times because we simply don't have time to do those kinds of experiments. If everything is ducky and everything's working great and the economy's good and profit is good and now we have a process that that we've been doing for 25 years and we want to question it, okay, I, I can totally rationalize that. I can see that. But that's not the first order of business that most small business owners can tolerate because there's always... It, Honestly, it, there's always something broken. So we can, we, we work on those things. Um, and that's true for a lot of, of business advice. And it, and it goes back to what I said earlier, apply that advice to the situation that you're in so that, uh, you can make, uh, you know, I, I'm going to say rational decisions, but really it's all gut. You know, you make the most informed decision you can, but you have to do what feels right to you. And so you take these pieces of advice and you go, okay, um, you know, d d the other example I had was, you know, good enough is never good enough. And then you have minimum viable product. Well, what is, what does that mean? And in some cases, good enough might not be good enough. You know, maybe customer service isn't, you know, good enough is not okay. Maybe you need, especially as a small business, that's one thing that we can have that a lot of big businesses and big box stores can't take away from us. And that's the personal service we provide to our customers. So maybe in that case, good enough isn't good enough. You know, you really have to own that particular part of your business. But when you go to do a new product, product development can be very expensive. So you say, okay, we will, in this case, minimum viable product, good enough to test, good enough to ship is good enough to find out if, if this is even a thing. And so the important piece there is to, to take each piece of advice that you get from, from any of these experts and back them back up into where it would apply to your business and how it would apply. And does it make sense under those circumstances? And so there's no right or wrong. There's no easy answer. You just have to apply it and see what comes up and test it. Try it out. Give it some time. Um, and, and hopefully, uh, eventually you come across things that really do work for you that, uh, that you can, um, uh, that you can, you can adopt and move forward as a, as a permanent part of your business plan. So uh, that's about 30 minutes. I did want to kind of shorten it up this time. There was a lot of, I, the last two weeks have been a little bit long. Uh, so I do want to close it out. Uh, if there's, uh, I, if you've enjoyed this, this live stream, please subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel, hit the notification bell to let, uh, to, to be notified if we go live or if we release new content. Um, we do this every week on Thursdays at 10 a.m. Colorado time, whether that's 
daylight time or standard time. Uh, visit beyond50percent.com to see the show notes. The show notes will be at uh, b50p.info forward slash uattr038 for this episode. Um, if you are uh, looking to make a change in your business, that's what we do. Um, go ahead and give us a call at 970-218-2018 or email go.beyond at b50p.com or visit our website at beyond50percent.com. If you have any topic ideas or questions that you'd like to see answered on the show, uh, just email them to q.a at b50b.com. And finally, I'd like to thank you for your time this morning and hope everybody uh, is staying healthy and finding ways to work on their business, even during this uh, social distancing plan that we have. And uh, good luck, stay healthy. And for me, it's time to get back to work.